But Dad, isn't it time for illegal ham in the face? But bro, where's the banjo? Some Cleveland sports shows try to give you hot takes, but only one can give you a big old piece of hot ham. Welcome to Illegal Ham to the Face. Talking all Cleveland sports. And don't forget our Fat Boy Tuesday, where we also ham it up with some fun food topics. Without further ado, let's serve up some ham. Here are the Ham Boys, Fatty, Fatty. and Big Bry. And Big Bry. What's going on, everybody? I am that fat guy, and that thumb you see in the other corner, that is Big Bry. Made yeah. it. Got a little adjustment period. What's going on, bud? No, this is much better. Yeah, I switched back to these headphones. Okay. Uh, before we start our show today, I want to send out uh, prayers and a lot of prayers to, uh, um, good Lord, why can't I? Damar Hamlin. I'm sorry. Completely yep. forgot his name for a second. Uh, went into cardiac arrest on the field with the Bills and Bengals game at last night. They have postponed the game. He is in critical condition in Cincinnati at the Cincinnati University of Cincinnati Medical Center. Um, some things you don't like to see. Some things are more important in sports, and this is one of them. Uh, we just wish the best for him, his family. Uh, we're praying for him uh, like we do everybody else that really gets injured. Um, not a good sight to see on Monday Night Football. Um, I'm glad that the NFL – postponed the game uh as well they should have um nobody could really come out and play football after that um and you know a lot of people are chattering about when's the next game what about my fantasy team what about this and right now this is a little bit bigger let's make sure that this guy comes through he gets healthy again and you know all things said feel better so brian what about you bud i know you want yeah yeah, it, it hit me hard uh, watching that last night and not knowing what was going on. I kind of had it on the side TV and I didn't have any sound on and I didn't really know what was going on. And, you know, once I found out, you, you see these players, the most macho men in the world crying like babies and you figure something, something's not good. Um, so, you know, you find out, thank God. The uh, the first responders moved as quickly as they did, and they're going to give this guy a, a fighting chance. And, you know, you hear his backstory and what a great guy he is. And it's just it's the unimaginable. It, it almost honestly to me, I know we're so consumed by this sports world and we're so wrapped up in it. It, it feels like a national tragedy at this point, um, you know. Uh, depending on how the next 24 to 48 hours go, because it's just everywhere you turn, you, you see something about it. And for it to be on live TV, um, it just, you, your heart sinks. And then you find out more details about his mom riding in the ambulance with him to the hospital. And I mean, it, it really drives home that, that they're the, it's the human aspect. They're, these are, People, too, they're going through the same things, that same tragedies, same difficult times that the rest of us are. And 
Yeah, like you said, it's just he, pray hard, pray hard that uh that he can fight through it. He he's been given a chance at least, um, and you know it's kind of it's in God's hands now. And um, just uh, pray for the best. And uh, yeah, I'm just kind of at a loss of words. I had trouble sleeping last night just because it was such a horrific event. Um, so. Didn't really feel like talking sports today. It kind of puts things in perspective. Uh, you know, when am I supposed to come on here and complain about a Michigan loss now? You know, it's just – I know, bud. But... It really puts things into perspective and, you know, how how small the outcome of these games really are in comparison to, uh, to these athletes and to all of our lives and just living a healthy life and living – continuing to live day by day and – Something like this pops up out of nowhere, and I understand it's a freak accident, but um, but it was just hard hard to watch. It's been hard to digest for the last twenty four hours. Um, but he still has a heartbeat right now, so so just yeah, continue to pray. And that's really all we can do right now. Um, last I checked, there were no new updates on his status. Um, other than that. I like you said, Brian, just devastating to see, um, you know, you see, you know, when people really get hurt, you know, like you and I've watched like knee tears, ankles all messed up, fingers broken, all that stuff. You knew this was something different last night. And um, it just it was it was definitely lost for words because, uh, you know, you never thought you'd see it in your lifetime, especially with a 24 year old kid. And he's not a right. kid, he's a man. I, I got I got right. I, you know, I'm older. I'm the on the older side now where I look at a 24 year old. I'm like, yeah, you're a puppy still like, but you know, they're still fragile like us and you know, they are us and the most toxic place in the world, which is Twitter. You know, I, believe I, that. I was so happy to see the compassion from a lot of people that don't show much compassion, especially on Twitter, come out and, you know, support and prayers and everything else. So it was, it was very nice to see. Yeah, that's uh, that's what it that's what it should be. It should be all compassionate, and his health is number one. I kind of, I get maybe a little irritated at some of these people that are trying to point fingers at oh the NFL. How dare how could they dare uh, think about continuing this game? And uh, you know why did it take them so long to get the teams off the field? That stuff. I mean, don't get caught up in all that. They didn't play the game after that, so. What does it really matter? All the focus should be on him and and uh, him getting better and getting back to good health. Uh, all that other stuff, pointing the finger, it, that stuff doesn't matter. Uh, try, don't don't get bogged down with who did this and why didn't they do this sooner? And you know he's fighting for his life, and, and that's the only thing that matters at this point. All right, Brian, let's get on with our show. Um, we're not going to talk about rescheduling that game, anything else. That's it's not even worth it to me. Um, but, Brian, we do have a rundown. For this week, we're going to talk about Donovan Mitchell on the same night that this happened, hit 71 points, uh, just went off like a nuclear bomb, Brian. I mean, he just lit everybody up on that court. And granted, it went into overtime. Cavs won, I think, it was 145 to 134 or something like that. Um, also, Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, gambling is now legal in the state of Ohio. 
Uh, so if you got your bets in on Sunday football, congratulations. And you can just keep betting now. Uh, we also got to talk about the Browns win over the Commanders. We got to talk about the last week of the season, Bry, Browns Steelers. And you mm-hmm. know, we got to talk a little college football playoff, buddy, because we both had some disappointing days. And then we're getting into Fat Boy Tuesday. We're going to kind of recap because we didn't do it last week. Recap our Christmas and our New Year's foods, time with our families, a little vacation time for a lot of people. And then, Bri, I put down for our top three tonight, um, magic moments. Okay, because Mitchell hit 71. What are your magical Cleveland moments that you can remember? You know, there's a lot of them, but like 71 points is up there. I mean, that's the best that the Cavs have ever had. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, nobody's even close to touching that. There's nobody in the 60s. LeBron never hit 60. So I just wanted to kind of tear your magical moments here in Cleveland. And like, what are your top three, like magical performances here in Cleveland? Okay. Gotcha. All right. First off, our show is brought to you by Harold Keel and Lake Erie APA. Also, City Dogs of Cleveland. Now, I am happy to announce, I told Brian right before the show, the two dogs that we had on the past two weeks, Poncho and Hines, have both been adopted. And we want to thank everybody for getting that out because it's amazing for us. Uh, It makes us feel warm and fuzzy inside, and I really appreciate everybody sharing, everybody helping out, getting the word out for these dogs. Um, You know, City Dogs has been always good to us, and I appreciate everything they've done. We do have a new dog of the week for you. We will continue to have a dog of the week. They sponsor our trivia, which Brian will be into here a little bit later. Mm Mm-hmm. The other shout out I have to give right out of the gate is my family down home. We were supposed to go to West Virginia, had a little illness down there. So we decided to go down to Columbus and we hooked up with the spans and we had a great weekend of family, cousins, brother, sister, just a great time. Right. We had pizza. We had lasagna. We had just in uh, the pizza. Right. Oh, right. I found a pizza for you down there, buddy. And I think Columbus in Columbus. And I think you're going to like, it's called Vix. Okay. Okay. And they do a, uh, it's a gourmet pizza, but it's a uh, very thin crust. Mm -hmm. They do not go shy with the toppings down there in Columbus. Let me just tell you. Okay. If you're ordering pepperoni, you're getting a pepperoni bite. Every bite you get. Nice. So, (laughs) I want to thank them. I want to thank my mom. I want to thank my dad. Uh, we did Christmas with them while we were down there. The kids made out like bandits, of course. I mean, they always do. Um, but the Span Clan, uh, Chris, Jocelyn, Tristan, and Gavin, thank you guys for hosting us. We had such a great time with you guys. And other than that, Brian, that's how we kind of spent our New Year's. So how about you, buddy? You got any shout-outs this week? Um, Not really. I mean, I'll shout-out. We went over to – um friends on new year's eve and you know watch the football games uh so i'll shout out ed and jess for having us over he smoked these giant hunks of meat these briskets for you know i don't know maybe eight twelve hours or something like that so they're delicious and everyone just kind of brought um a little side dish or whatever they wanted to so just hung out really it was real chill we played some games and stuff like that so it was a good time um 
Got my brother. Um, we're going to visit him in Chicago this weekend. So looking forward to that. And then uh, down to the cabin the following weekend. So it'll be a busy couple of weeks for us. But uh, spending time with family, that's what it's all about around the holidays. And couldn't be happier to do it. Awesome. We got Kevin Cragnally in here. Saying, what do you say, Bri? Happy New Year. Players first and What's foremost. Up, we also have Chris Bannon here, which he said that pizza is delicious. I have to remember Bix. And Bri, we got big boy Phillips here too. Oh, look who made an appearance. Well, he had to make an appearance. Let's just get this out of the road now before we get to, since they're both here. Bri, we do have a winner of the illegal ham to the face fantasy football league. And it was a tough battle. It really was. It came down to three points, Bri. And I got to hear about it all day Sunday into Sunday night with Chris telling me because <laughs> the Portage County prostitutes ended up playing team span. And your winner, the Portage County prostitutes won 140 to 137. Wow, that's a good match. It's a good match. Well, it didn't help that the prostitutes had Mike Evans on their team going for 50-some-odd points. Yep, absolutely. If Mike Evans was not on that team, he would have got his dorns blown off. It's all right. He was, though. Austin Eckler went off for Chris. It was a bad time. Chris was like, I wanted that APA hoodie. <laughs> I got all. I got now. They're both here. They're both watching, and they're both going to get a kick out of this. Now, Phillips. I already talked to you today. Congratulations, buddy. You're getting an APA hoodie. You're getting an APA t-shirt. You're getting a $25 gift card to Mr. B's. Wow. And a little something on the side, which I told you I will give to you in person because you're going to giggle about it a little bit. Okay. Chris, I promised you a t-shirt. It's not going to be an APA t-shirt. It's going to be a custom-made t-shirt just for you. Uh, because after talking to Phillips today, he wants you to remember that you lost by all the points and all the money to the Portage County prostitutes. So he wants a t-shirt made for you that says on the front of it, I support Portage County prostitutes. And on the back of it, because I lose to them all the time. And who's paying for this? Oh, I will. I will, just so I can watch Chris wear it. Oh, will he wear it? I doubt he'll wear it, but I'll give him an APA shirt just because. No, I got it. I got an APA shirt. I'll give to him. Uh, oh, the no. One I, he, I, the I one he it. gave me is a little too short for me, so we'll just kick it down to Chris. Too short? Yeah, it's too short. <laughs> Unless you want my midriff showing. Well, I mean, that's always a good thing. <laughs> Not always. Oh, my Lord. I love you all. Oh, here he goes. He goes, thank you, thank you. I love you all. And like, first and foremost, my... <laughs> good God. Phillips is giving us... Jimmy Dean. Jimmy Dean. Nothing wrong with Jimmy Dean. Nothing wrong with Jimmy Dean. Why do they make the smaller sausages now? They're big old girls. Oh, my Lord. Here <laughs> you we... ever heard that phone call? Oh, yes, I oh, have. that's classic. But Chris still ended up with an APA t-shirt, and he is getting a also a $25 gift card to Mr. B's for joining. 
Uh, we will be doing it this again uh, next year. Brian and I always throw a real good quirk in with the fantasy football league. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned. Okay. And let's see here. Yeah. The only reason that um, Phillips won is because Josh Jacobs scored a touchdown right at the end. Now I have to ask, did either one of them have any uh, bills or bangles? No, no. Okay, good. If they did, it wouldn't even have mattered because at that point in time, I looked at both the rosters. Looks like both of them were legit. We're good through. So congratulations, big boy Phillips, and congrats, Chris, for twice now losing to a wide receiver and a kicker because you lost a kicker last year. So good job, buddy. You're doing great. Was he runner-up? He was last year because uh, Justin Tucker, I believe. Uh, that's right. I remember. I, I thought it was the Steelers. I couldn't remember if it was the Steelers kicker or Ravens kicker. And I might have been the Steelers kicker. I was okay. giving him help for trusting, trusting <laughs> those guys. Yep. Stay so, away from them. I know. I know, Brian. All right, Brian. We are here at our show. Listen, you got the uh, you got some trivia for us, bud? Sure do. All right. Let's 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 get some trivia here. And right about now. Our trivia is brought to you by City Dogs of Cleveland. I'm going to give you a nice little banner here for the City Dogs. That's how you get a hold of them. Go to citydogsofcleveland.ohio.gov. Go to, there's their phone number, 216. Oh, I don't have my glasses on. 664-3475, I believe. 76. 76? Mm-hmm. Yep, that's why I need glasses. And then there's the website to set up a meeting for your City Dog of the week and this week bry we have a fun little bundle of joy let me bring up his pictures here i can there they are his name is maxwell all right so bry this is maxwell maxwell is a stocky sweetheart like us who is equal parts playful bro people pleaser and snuggle bug maxwell is up for all sorts of activities he is a curious boy loves sniffing his nose on walks and hikes can be excited on leash at times but tends to settle into a pretty ease pace after the initial enthusiastic burst maxwell is also a blast when it comes to playtime even though he is a low rider right he is mm-hmm. a low rider he can pull off some acrobatic tricks what is that oh yeah look at this dog all right. Maxwell became a snuggle loaf and will drape himself over you like the best warm weighted blanket ever. For an extended sleepover, we learned Maxwell has pretty good manners in the home and was grateful to be in the house hanging out with a friend. Maxwell is estimated to be one or two years old. He's still a puppy and he's a sweet boy eager to please his person and who craves attention and affection. He'd love to have a home of his own so Mm -hmm. if you would like to go meet up with maxwell here are some more pictures of this bundle of joy he is look at that little meatball i might have to go get him bro 
He's adorable. I know. I like this is tearing me apart doing this every week. Look at this. Hey, I, I feel a lot better knowing that uh the first two got snatched up. So that's a little little bit of good news that I think we could all use right about now. I know. I know. No uh Chris said it was the Steelers kicker that screwed him over last year. Boswell, that's what I thought. Had a huge game, the Browns last year. Because he kicked like five field goals against the Browns. <laughs> they had the Monday night game, I think that mm -hmm. was. Yes, it was. All right, Brian, let's rock out this trivia. Come on, bud. Okay. A little bit of a curveball for you today. Um, we're going golf. We're going golf trivia. And in my lifetime, so since 1984, uh, as you might have guessed, Tiger Woods has the most um, time spent at the number one golfer in the world, the most weeks. I forget what it is, 600, something yeah. like that. Okay. So I'm looking for the second guy right behind Tiger Woods in the last, let's say, 35 years. 35. Who has the most weeks spent at number one? 35 years, most weeks spent at number one. Mm hmm. Can you give me a number of weeks that is? I think it was 331. So, like half of what Tiger. Has been <laughs> okay. All right, that helps a little bit. Okay, I think I have it, but I'm not 100 sure. Okay, I'll All give right. you a couple guesses. I know it's a tough one. All right, Brian. Well, let's get into our as we are on the subject. Uh, well, I don't know why you're bringing up golf trivia when it's January. I got the feels. I, got the feels. I tell you what, it is 65 in Cleveland. Saw yeah. people playing golf last uh, Thursday, was it, I think? Yeah, Thursday no, or Friday last week, yeah, I swear. Those people got nothing to do. Hey, no. I mean, if it was 60 degrees in May, I'd probably be out playing. Yeah, true. All right. It's just wet. All right, Brian, let's get into our Cleveland headlines. Well, we're going to start off with a hot note right out of the gate. Donovan Mitchell scored 71 points last night, Bri, to lead <laughs> your Cavs in overtime, 145 to I think it was 134. Uh, did you know that him and was it which Lopez do we have? Do we have Brooke Lopez, Robin Lopez? Which Lopez do we got? I think we have Robin. Him and Robin Lopez combined for a whopping 72 points, Bri. I thought. I saw that today, and I start laughing. Uh, I believe <laughs> Kevin Love had a fat boy resurgence of 19 rebounds. Yeah. Uh, but Darius Garland was out, and I, who else was out? Mobley? or Mobley was out, yep. So pretty much bigger staff just looked at him and said, get the hell out of the road, give uh, Mitchell the ball, and let him do what he does. And, man, Brian, he looked good. And I'm telling you what, what a trade the Cavs did for this guy. I mean, Brian, he's so far, he's got to be MVP talk and especially Eastern Conference player talk. Like, he is just balling out right now, Brian. And even on his bad games, he's still scoring 25 points. Mm -hmm. 
we're not used to this, Bri. So what did you think about uh, the Spiders' 71 points? By the way, he also had, I think, eight rebounds and 11 assists. 11 assists, yeah. I, I saw on Center that um, he scored and assisted on 99 points, um, and that's second most to Wilt, who obviously scored 100, but I guess only dished out to assist that game. So he had 104. So Mitchell's 99 is second most all time, um, which is pretty incredible. And, I mean, to be honest, the DeMar Hamlin thing kind of took all the headlines and everyone's attention last night, and that's a shame because uh, because Mitchell's performance won't get the credit maybe that it deserves in the short term anyways. But I think in the long term, it'll stand the test of time. I mean, what was the, uh, the former – uh, record for Cavs scoring uh, franchise in one game was what fifty seven, fifty eight, something like that. I think it was fifty eight with LeBron. Fifty eight, LeBron. So no Cavs players ever even scored sixty, and he's scoring seventy. And I understand it. it you get an extra quarter with the overtime, but um, but that it was unbelievable. And I because of everything that was going on yesterday, I I didn't even get a chance to watch the game. Um, I'll be honest. I just saw at the bottom uh, ticker that he scored 71. And I just couldn't believe it. I went to the box score to check it out. And I mean, it's not like he's jacking up 40, 50 shots or anything like that either. He was just in the zone. And that, that bucket that he got to send it to overtime was something special. So, man, he's quickly ascending to a top. You know, he's probably already a top 10 player in the league, maybe top five player, you know, by the end of the year. If this, if he keeps this pace up, it's just – it's fun to watch. Um, hopefully we don't rely on him as much as we have been, you know, the first couple months of the year. And I think with Rubio coming back, they won't have to play him as many minutes. But um, yeah, how do you take a guy like that out when he's just on fire the way he is? And, I mean, he's everything we could have ever asked for in that trade. and. Hopefully he's here for a long time. Right, he's still a pup too. He's only like what twenty six, probably around there. Yeah, mid twenties. So, also, I got a little uh, little mini trivia for you. Okay. For this, who was the last person that scored seventy or more points? I thought, Kobe, wasn't it? Kobe scored what was it eighty one or whatever? Eighty one. Yep. So just think about that. How long ago that was? Now, yeah. granted, this year, the scoring is off the roof for the NBA. I mean, there's been so many 50-point games, 40-point games are norm. I mean, there's been like a handful of 60-point games, too. So, um, let's see here. <laughs> Did Phillips say he loves fat Kevin Love? Yeah, he loves – well, yeah, of course he loves fat Kevin Love. And I can't read this. I'm still bitter about New Year's Eve. Yeah, I – we're, we're I, I know why. I know why Phillips loves Fat Kevin Love. Do you remember seeing the Phillips basketball pictures? No, was he Fat Kevin Love? Oh, you don't remember his pictures? No, oh, Phillips sent them over to Jared. <laughs> oh my! Oh, Lord. they're oh they're so great. They're fantastic. I didn't know I he think, played basketball. I know. I think he only played for like a year or two before getting into wrestling. But um, yeah, there's something special. Oh my god, I cannot wait to see that. <laughs> oh my god, bro. now you just made my day. I can't wait. Oh, to see yeah, that. you gotta hit him up every day, he'll send him okay. over eventually. 
All right, some other Browns or some other news we got is the uh, the Browns beat the Commanders, picked off Carson Wentz. What was it? Three times, uh-huh. uh, twenty-four to ten, with a surge in the second half because the first half was not looking great at the time. Um, led by your running back, Nick Chubb rushed for fourteen times for one hundred four yards, seven point four a carry. Mm-hmm. And then also Amari Cooper, three receptions, 105 yards, two touchdowns. And I'm not going to say the other guy because he's only got a 50% passer rating, but he did have three touchdowns and he only passed for 160 yards. But nine of 18 for 169 and three TDs for Deshaun Watson, all which came in the second half, I believe. So Browns played great, uh, great defensive effort which was kind of shocking because we don't see those that often, but also it was Carson Wentz and pretty much anytime he throws anything in the air, it's getting picked off. Uh, Grant Delpit had two Denzel Ward had one, I believe. Um, and miles Garrett just did some miles Garrett stuff. And what's nice to see these past couple weeks, Bry is the guys that are your core guys are stepping up. So I, what do you think about this game? I mean, 24 to 10, it wasn't like a complete blowout, but you had it pretty well in hand in the second half. Yeah, it wasn't the prettiest game to watch. Uh, it's a win. <laughs> it's a it's a win where you beat the other team by two touchdowns. So those don't cut, happen very often in Cleveland, so it's hard to complain about that. But, um, but yeah, like you said, Carson Wentz um, just not – a very good quarterback at the moment and we did what we had to do against them other than that one drive where they went like 90 some yards in 11 minutes which the only reason that continued was they seemed to pick up every single third down conversion they had um other than that drive we completely shut them down and so you can't ask for much more from your defense even if it's Carson Wentz's quarterback uh yeah, they just they stepped it up in a big way, so I tip my cap to them. The offense wasn't always pretty. I, I feel like we could have run Nick Chubb for 200 yards if we really wanted to. Um, but at, at this point, you know, you're not playing for anything, so you're just trying to get Deshaun Watson comfortable in there and see what you have with him and continue to let him get more and more reps throwing the ball. Because, yeah, if we wanted to, we probably could have won 35 and nothing if we just ran Nick Chubb as much as we should have. But it, it was clear to me for sure in that first half and even in the second half a little bit that uh, Sean Watson just did not look comfortable at all in the pocket. He was he was taking the snap, looking at one read, and then looking to get out of the pocket. And it was hard to watch that first half, you know, the second half he started to get some momentum that the pass, the long one to Cooper was kind of more for tackling and then Cooper making a play. So, um, you know, you give credit to Cooper for doing that. And then the second one, he was pretty much wide open. So Deshaun gave him the ball um, and then let him score. But I didn't think it was a great game from Watson really necessarily. Uh, He just, yeah, he, he still does not look comfortable. I don't know if it was this game. This game maybe more than the other ones to me. It really stood out to me that he's just he, – he was looking to get out of the pocket a ton rather than just sitting in there 
being comfortable. And, you know, when he did complete the passes, it seemed like guys were wide open. So, uh, so yeah, I don't know if he's still a little weary about throwing it into tight windows or, or what the deal is, but it's, it's going to be a long process getting him back and getting him comfortable and I think just comfortable in general, you know, in, in the weather in the surroundings with his teammates, you know, being comfortable in Cleveland. I think this, this off season will go a long way in making him kind of relax a little bit and get back to what he's been doing in the past. Um, and, you know, who knows, it might take till October of next year before he re- really settles in. Um, but yeah, what I saw on Sunday was not super encouraging. Um, if you're just going to take it for a one game uh, sample size. Yeah, Justin's into taxis now. He said, night guys jumped on to feel skinny. And son of a bitch. <laughs> hey, uh, just wait. New Year's resolution time, Justin. We'll be running marathons with you. Hold on, Bri. Now, we'll get into that here in a little bit. We're going to do uh, what Bri should do. That's what we should do. That should be the next poll. What should Bri give up for Lent this year? Can't <laughs> wait to see the reaction on that one. I don't like um, that. Brian, my, my biggest thing, I think the reason why he got a lot of happy feet, I mean, that defensive line is stacked. It really is a good defensive line. Chase Young's back, sweat had caused a whole bunch of problems in the backfield. Um, the one thing that I saw that I, I took away from it is um, they have moved on from Kareem Hunt. Um, I believe this might be the last time that we, unless they ride him hard against the Steelers game, I mean, they put Ford in for a handful, more than a handful of carries. I think we've seen the last of Kareem Hunt in a Browns uniform, possibly, um, unless something magical happens. Um, I want to say thank you to him. But since Ford's been doing so good in the kickoff <laughs> return, they've been giving him chance. They gave him chances this one. I mean, I think what did he have? Like, let's see here. He had how many carries? I think nine carries this game. Is that right? He had a bunch at the end, and again, I think he had five carries, but Kareem Hunt only had two. That was it, right? Because again, this game is not of utmost importance to to win, and so I think this game was more about getting ready for next year. And yeah, they're planning on not having Kareem Hunt around, so let's see what we have with Jerome Ford. And you know, if he does well, great. If not. Just continue to ride them. Now, the Steelers game, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to sell out to try to beat the Steelers and sweep them for the first time since 1988 and uh, wreck their um, their playoff chances and put them below 500 for the first time in the Tomlin era. I think all that stuff sounds great, so I hope they sell out to win this game. Bri, it doesn't matter. We're still, yeah. below, we're still below them. No, we'd tie them. I think if we win this game, we we would have the same record as them. Oh, so we'd be tied. Both of us would be tied for third in the division. Right. That makes me feel so much better with them having Mitch Trubisky and a rookie quarterback. That's awesome. <laughs> it doesn't make me feel great, but uh, but I think it would make me feel good if we could beat them for the second time in you know thirty years, whatever. This is why I don't like people. Phillips, I hope he doesn't kick anybody when he gets loose. Phillips? <laughs> Jeez. Why, why you got to go there? Why Why you got to put that on the screen? Well, bud, I'm sorry. Just let it die in the comments section. 
Ah, oh, no, it's Phillips. He's big boy Phillips. <laughs> he was in his basketball pictures. He was a big boy. Oh, my Lord. I can't wait to see <laughs> Also, I got to bring up something, Brian. All right. Next time that I see Jacoby Brissett roll his fat ass out there on a fourth and one, I'm going to lose my shit. Did it work? It doesn't matter if it did it work. Does it matter if it fucking worked or not? At that point in time, you could have put Joel Batonio behind center and let him snap the ball himself. Like, what I, is it? Why? Why do you have to feel the need to get Jacoby Brissett out there for one damn quarterback sneak or one stupid play fake? What is it because he he played as many games as he did for us and kept us kind of in the hunt? You feel bad for him? What what is it? I think you just look at his uh, QB sneak uh, record and what he gets it 80% of the time or something like that. I don't like it either. I mean, it seems ridiculous. There's no other teams in the league that are rolling their, um, their backup quarterback out there on fourth and one on a super important down. Right. We do it and it, it works. If it works 80% of the time, then I'm okay with it. What they're doing is they're going, "Mm, Sean's looking awfully frail. Hey, fat ass. Yeah, you. Take scar out of your mouth. Come on. You're going in for a QB sneak. Come on. No, no, no. You don't need your helmet. You're fine. Get the fuck in the game. Come on. Like, <laughs> like I'm just sitting here like, why? Why do they keep doing this? Hey, it works. That's why. If it didn't work, they wouldn't do it. I know. Now, they get too cute with it, and they have him throwing uh, 30-yard bombs when he hasn't thrown a pass in 45 minutes or something. I was going to say three weeks. He hasn't yeah. Three weeks. Well, yeah, a meaningful pass in a month. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't like it either. But it, if it works, then you know, once it stops working, then I'll have a problem with it. As for now, whatever. There is one thing I'm glad to see. Now, granted, it was Carson Wentz. I get it was Carson Wentz, but the past few games, Bri, I do have to say, Grant Delpit's been coming on a little bit. Are you coming around on Joe Woods? Not coming around on Joe is that, Woods. Is that what you're doing oh, right no. now? No, Grant Delpit, I'm coming around on. Joe Woods, I'm not even near coming around on Joe Woods. You might have to talk all. yourself into it. Bry, I will flip this table over like you wouldn't believe. No, I'll be here. I'll, we'll be here next week and then the following week, and we'll see. Okay. I'm glad that they're going to keep Joe Woods on board because – Heaven forbid, you know, the first half of the season looked great under his defense. Yep. They're playing crap teams now with third-string quarterbacks, and, you know, yep, that's fine. Yep. Oh, my God, if we beat Pittsburgh, we got to keep him. I mean, he kept Kenny Pickett uh, whopping 95 yards passing. Oh. Take it. I'd sign up for it. Oh, my God. I, I, You know, I'm just kind of messing with you there, but I, I know you it's starting to trend towards – like you can make the case for them keeping Joe Woods, and the same thing happened last year. And guess what? They kept them. So, I, I if it was reversed and he had the first half of the year and the second half, he'd probably for sure be gone. But at this point, you know, you say, oh well, you know, guys are getting healthier. They're starting to learn their uh, assignments a little bit better. We're not giving up the big play and carry that momentum into next year, which is exactly what we heard at the end of last year. So I'm telling you, we wanted alignment and we got alignment. These guys are connected at the hip. 
So I don't think Stefanski is going to be looking to make a whole lot of changes. Now there is one area of concern I want to bring up with you before we move on to our players of the week, Bri. Okay. And my one area of concern is our quarterback's awareness when he is scrambling. As you're scrambling and you're trying to get away from anybody and everybody, Deshaun Watson, when you see a fat ass standing next to the sideline, he is not an eligible wide receiver. Jack Conklin almost made his first ever catch as a tackle on the worst scramble I have ever seen in my entire life when Deshaun could have thrown that thing away, but he decided to get cute with it and then just dump it off to Jack Conklin. Boy, oh boy, Bri, was I shocked that Jack Conklin looked at the ball coming at him and went and slapped it yeah. like this. I was shocked at that too. As an offensive lineman, that's your moment of glory. You know, you know, it's not going to count at all and it's coming back and it's going to be, 10-yard penalty or whatever, but you take that ball and you catch it and you run like you've never ran before, start trucking dudes left and right. I mean, that was his moment of glory. I don't know what he's doing. Catch it. Just have some fun with it. He just knocked it down. Of course, he is kind of becoming a straw man. I hate to say it, and he's very injury-prone at this point in his career. Um, We just signed him for four more years. That was a great signing. <laughs> yeah. Hey, maybe maybe they'll run a play for him uh next year or something like uh Penny Sewell did for the uh for the Lions a couple weeks ago. Just send him out in the flat, give it to him. Nobody's gonna be expecting it. Well now they might because he got one target this past game. Brian, I was sitting on the couch with Chris and I saw that. I'm like, what the hell is that? I'm like, there was nobody there. He might as well have just thrown it to the damn coach. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> he saw a white jersey out of his peripheral, and he just oh, chucked my it. Lord. All right, Brian, let's get into – let's do our Offensive Player of the Week. All right, my Offensive Player of the Week, like you said, Nick Chubb. Uh, he could have gone for 200 yards if they wanted him to go for 200 yards. Only 14 yards rushing with the amount of yards that he had getting 7.4. Nick Chubb has been pretty much our Offensive Player all year. Uh, Brian, what about you, bud? I'm going um, Amari Cooper. Uh, didn't get a ton of catches, but he made the most of them. And I really think that one that he took 46 yards or whatever really broke the game open for us and, you know, let Deshaun Watson kind of take a big big exhale and uh, relax a little bit. So, well done. All right, Brian. Let's get your Big D Player of the Week. I'm going maybe a little under the radar, and I'm going Jordan Elliott. He got in there a couple times, and I think he had one or two uh, tackles for losses, and he's been a bit of a disappointment this year, kind of the forgotten man after the first month of the year. Um, But there was a sighting there, so he has to give credit where credit is due, and I don't think they're going to fall for uh, his hype going in next year, they'll find somebody else, but maybe he could be a decent rotational guy. Uh, mine is Grant Delpit with the two picks. The ball hawk that he was in LSU is starting to come back to form. Um, just happy to see him actually play good because I'm 
Brian, you and I talked when you first got drafted. I thought they got a steal there because oh yeah, the way he plays, I I mean it was like it was like a honey badger. I mean, I, I thought that we got our honey badger and we're about to go and have some fun, but that didn't happen. But he's starting to come to form now. Honorable mention though, Taven Bryan. He finished at uh, P was a pro football focus. I think he was second on the team in defense. What? Well, yeah. He graded like second or third in defense. That's and why they like him. I, I know. Analytics. I, analytics I, likes him. Analytics. The Browns like him. Now, Bri, do you have just not my day player of the week? Yeah, I'm going to give it to Watson. I just, yeah, I think he only had, and maybe it's because I might have placed a small wager um, on FanDuel for him to go over 215 passing yards and when he had 30 yards in the first half I figured my goose was cooked but he just he didn't look comfortable in the pocket um I kind of disagree with some people some people say he doesn't really have the fire he's not showing a ton of emotion I've seen the last couple games maybe video of him on the sidelines or after the Browns pick up a big yardage I think it was after the Cooper touchdown he's jumping around he's pumping his fist he, he's engaged he, he wants to uh have success so i like the fire from him i just don't think the execution is there and i think it's nothing to do with his physical um attributes and uh you know his arm strength i think it's just his decision making is not quite there yet he's he's not comfortable with the plays that are called or he's just he's getting a little too skittish and starts feeling the pressure when it's not there. So hopefully that will come, but this was a tough one for him. I'm going to go with uh, Jack Conklin. Um, first off, that ball down? Well, he can't catch a pass. <laughs> Bri, when they came out with that extension for Jack Conklin, I just sat there and just shook my head. Um, he has been injured. He got injured again this week, came off the field. Hudson came in and played a great game place of him but it's just right now for me i he brian he's probably great at what he does it's you got to be there every sunday and he's just he's not he's not anymore and i don't know why they signed him to a four-year deal thinking that that was going to change because the entire time he's been here i don't think he's played a full season yet I, I think his first year he did. He was remember he was all pro. I, it was I, either his first or second year here. He was the number one right tackle in the league, so he's got the potential. And I think uh, I think it's just maybe the Browns having a lack of leadership because it sounded like in the off season mm. he was at the facility every single day. Um, yeah, from what I've heard and well, he had to you know, be. just he had set, his injury. Well, setting the no, if these guys go to Arizona, they go to California, they go wherever they're from, and they just rehab it there. He was there. He was trying to set an example. He was trying to be a leader. So, and what do we always hear about the offensive line? You need they need to work together as a unit. So they're trying to have that continuity up front and uh, have these guys playing together. And like with the defense, you, you just hope that they play together long enough that they learn each other's habits and. You know, they can work as a unit. So I understand it. I don't think it's the Browns' worst signing ever. But, you know, the biggest concern is staying healthy for them. All right, Brian, let's get into our last week 
of Cleveland NFL football. Browns versus the Steelers. All right. Um, Steelers are looking for a winning record now for, I think it's like the 16th straight season, um, which we haven't sniffed that since, what was it, 1964? Some of that nature. Um, it's just sickening. Um, I, I'm tired of the Steelers. Always just coming out ahead, Bri. I like we both thought that this year was the year that finally the Steelers would take a step back and finally get to know what it feels like to kind of just take one on the chin for one year. And guess what? They have a great coach. And I'm not even joking about it because Mike Tomlin, I don't know what you do over there. I don't know what you feed these guys, but these guys play for you. And they play for you every day every week and kudos to you i'd love to have you as a head coach i'm not gonna lie i'm like hey can't get tired of that eight and eight bullshit bry i <laughs> they just keep winning bry and i don't know what it is and we can play spoiler all we want to but this team always concerns me especially last week of the season also it depends on if our team wants to actually show up and play because we still don't know that. Uh, I mean, is this a big game for them to go, you know, through the last few weeks with Deshaun to move forward, to make good headway for the brand new year? Or they just want to cash out the season, be done with it, and, you know, go home? Yeah, it's always a question when your team's out of it, uh, playing that final game of the year, you're making – plans for the off season or are you trying to finish strong and hopefully for the Browns sake, they're trying to finish strong because of everything I laid out before you have a chance to really screw up the Steelers season and they're not making the playoffs most likely, but they always find a way to back in. Um, but Steelers are not a good team. I mean, last two weeks they've needed last second drives. Um, against the Raiders and Tyler Huntley and the Ravens to win the game. And they needed everything to go right. And it did. And they ended up with what, like 14 or 16 points or something like that. So they're not, don't be fooled. They're not a very good team. They're just well coached and they have a decent, pretty good defense. So yeah, Pickett makes plays here and there, but, um, but yeah, you got to get on top of these guys when you have the chance. You can't let them hang around like they've done the last couple weeks because maybe they find some magic at the end of the game. And, you know, they do what Steelers do and find ways to win football games. So yeah, let's hope Deshaun Watson's a little bit better. Let's hope Nick Chubb continues to uh, have the success on the ground that he did last week and just don't turn the ball over. I think, I think we'll be pretty good. Um, but. You know, it's the Steelers. They they find BS wherever they can. They get BS calls here, you know, ball bouncing their direction there, and things seem to work out for them. So let's uh, let's get off to a fast start. Put your foot on the throat and don't let them get up. Yeah, um, you have to do that. Brian, is it is it? It's at Pittsburgh, right? Yep. Okay. 
Um, what is the one key that you have this week for this game for the Browns to win? What's the one thing they have to do to win this game? Um, you have to get Sean Watson comfortable and you, he has to make plays for you. Uh, I think they're still going to try to, even if they have success on the ground, they're going to try to get him going. So he has to be more comfortable in the pocket. You know, TJ Watt's going to be coming fast off the edge and Hayward's going to be pushing the pocket up the middle. So he's just going to have to sit in there, get comfortable, or if he, seize the opportunity, take off, and maybe run for a first down or two. But, um, yeah, just make good decisions. Don't be turning the ball over. If he turns the ball over, it's really going to swing the pendulum into the Steelers' favor. Um, so, yeah, it, like with any NFL game, it really it rests on your quarterback and, uh, and him making plays. All right, Phillips said that he hopes that Kate York does not get kicked in the face this game. Who was that? Uh, Zastadil, was Zastadil. it? Zastadil. Was it? With Heinz Ward, wasn't it? No, Antonio Brown. Oh, that's right. I can't remember. Um, yeah, some Chris Chan said 20-plus rushes for Chubb. That'd be nice. My biggest thing, Bri, for this game, and this is the thing that has killed the Browns for so long against the Steelers, you got to protect a pass rush. For some odd reason, over the years, the Steelers have just done what they've wanted to do with you with that front seven of theirs, and they rush, sack, rush, sack, rush, sack, rush, lost down. But I'm tired of seeing it. I want the big boys up front to play like the big boys that we think they are. And it's probably going to be Hudson starting instead of Conklin, but we got Pochich back, we got Teller, we got Batonio, and we got Wills. And Wills? If you hold anybody one more time, I am going to go Mr. Miyagi on you, and we're going to go out and we're going to start sandpapering some fences or something because <laughs> you got to stop that. But I, I believe that the offensive line has got to step up this game and at least give Deshaun a little bit more time so he's not happy feet and also, you know, protect. And here's Chris, double Watt. Uh, yeah, I, even that. Right. What we got to do. All right. Brad, you got a prediction for this game. Yes, sir. Here we go. I'm going 20 for the Browns. Um, 13 for Pittsburgh. All right. It's the last game of the year. I'm just going to be happy that the year's over with. So I'm going to go Browns 31. Pittsburgh 17. Sweet. So we both got Browns winning. It's last week. We'll cover that on the other side. But Bry, it has been a very long time since we both had Michigan and Ohio State in the college football playoffs. Okay. And we had some college football playoff blues over the weekend. Um, you got your ass kicked by TCU. Excuse me? I'm, I'm sorry. By six. Yeah, let's put, yeah, because TCU let you back in it. <laughs> no, but getting no. your ass kicked is 22 points when you're at home. 
That's true. That's true. All right, I'll give you that one. <laughs> That's right, getting right. that one. All right, so Michigan lost. Thank you. And Ohio State lost to Georgia with, right at New Year's, like literally at New Year's. They lost mm-hmm. to Georgia. Um, Bry, just disappointing for both of us. Um, thought we had the teams. But the great thing is for you, though, sounds like your uh, head coach is moving on to greener pastures. Um, sounds like there's talks that he's going to what Denver. Oh, I didn't, I, I don't know. I've heard he, he's had interest. I think he talked to Carolina. I think I heard today. Um, but that's, you know, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, sob over losing, losing Jim Harbaugh when I wanted to get rid of him a couple of years ago. He's had a couple good teams, but still hasn't had great success recruiting. So, um, so yeah, it's hard for me to miss him too much. So, are you? What are you guys going to do? Bring back Brady Hoke, Rich Rod? God, please bring back. I don't Rich. know. Who Who the hell was Ryan Day before Ohio State hired him? I have no damn clue. I honestly right. So no- they could get somebody like that, or the, you don't really know who they are, but uh, but they're a good coach. You know, they've been talking. Matt Campbell has been a hot name over the last couple of years. I don't know if he's cooled off a little bit at Iowa State, but what Brock Purdy's doing in the pros. Um, so he can develop quarterbacks. <laughs> what, one quarterback? Wasn't even a developed quarterback. Name, name me a Ohio State quarterback better than Brock Purdy. Cardell Jones. <laughs> Got you good. Hey, hey. Justin Fields, they finally are treating him like a running back and throwing pitches to him. I think he had more rushing yards than passing yards. Well, that's normal. I mean, it is the <laughs> That's true. Hey, it worked almost. I think they only lost by four touchdowns or moving on up to the number one pick, I think. I'm not even going to ask him that question, Chris. We'll ask him in the offseason. He wants to know if there's any coordinators <laughs> you would promote. Uh, no. Oh, for the Michigan job? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I'm not there yet. I haven't even began to think about it. Um, with the season just finishing up on Saturday, yeah. Like I said, if he goes, he goes. You know, I don't get married to these uh, coaches like maybe some other programs might do for their coaches. So, I think he, he's had good success the last couple of years. Before that, he was just kind of mediocre. Yeah. Brian, why did that? Those two games were just. I'm watching both games now. Granted, they were both great games. I'm not saying they were not both great games, but I'm watching the Michigan game and I'm like, and I'm sitting, I'm sitting with my mother, rooting for TCU, and I'm like, Ma, no, you got to root for Michigan. She's like, I'm not rooting for Michigan. I'm like, All right, you just don't blame her. You go horn frog up. I'll I'll root for Michigan on this one because I just want to see the Big Ten to do good. You know, uh, if Ohio State's not in it, I want Big Ten, you know, even in NCAA basketball when Michigan won the championship, I'm so glad you did because it makes the Big Ten look good. It makes eyes on the Big Ten because it makes eyes everywhere on the Big Ten. Oh. <clears throat> but watching the Ohio State game and watching the way it ended, Bry, that killed me. And you want to know why that killed me? Because as soon as I saw Marvin Harrison Jr. go out of the game, on, hey, on a targeting call, 
by the way. You have one of your own. I, your I didn't. I didn't even bring that up. On a target. Well, call. The, the defense just has. I mean, you want to put it on that, but the defense, if the defense stops them, they win the game. Uh, and I get that too. But as soon as I saw Marvin Harris Jr. come out, I was like, this game is closer to what it needs to be right now. Because I didn't think Ohio State had the talent at that point in time. Because Ohio State at that point in time lost their two starting wide receivers, lost their two starting running backs, their starting tight end. They were down. It just, I'm sitting here watching it and I'm like, guys got to step up. But I have to do one thing. I got to give CJ Stroud everything in the world for the game that he played. He played a game that for ages, most people look at it like you still lost. No, you took an SEC school, made them look silly sometimes. And this is supposed to be one of the top defenses in the SEC too. You made them look silly and you did whatever you had to did to win. And I'm telling you what, that kick by Ruggles. Uh, right. <laughs> I'm just sitting there. I'm like, all right, we're in field goal position. We got it. We got it. It's a kick. If it's kick, it's, it's a kick. it's a chance. It was a fifty yarder, so you got about fifty fifty chance of it's a college chance. kid hitting that, right? And then he got scared. Do you, do you, he got scared of the kid that was at the fifteen yard line, jumping up in the air to block it, which is forty five yards away, and he just shanked it right. In the... Do you think Ohio State got too conservative with their play call once they got to a fifty yard field goal? Like, shouldn't they have tried to pick up 10 more yards or 15 more yards? I did, because yeah. I would have kept pushing it, because Georgia, the entire time that Ohio State would push and go no huddle, Georgia had no answer. They really didn't. They they tried. Now, granted, C.J. Trout took a couple sacks that he shouldn't have taken, but you're getting down to that point, Bri. Uh, when they started going no huddle there, even in the second half, they even scored a touchdown in five, 55 seconds, Bri. There at the second half, like right in the first end of the first half, and I'm like, "All right, here we go." Like, you just you had a chance, and it's just you know something. It, it's not that Ryan Day didn't try to pull out all the stops. I mean, they even tried for that fake punt that that kid would have ran for at least thirty yards, but Curry Smart caught it just a kind call timeout. He would have though. He got tackled. <laughs> you did. You didn't see him get tackled after five yards. It wasn't five yards. He got tackled after five yards. No, he not. got the first down, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, no defense really played very well this week. And let's be honest, the, the best defensive performance is probably TCU, and they gave up forty-five points, but they scored two touchdowns. They got two pick sixes, and you know, for as a Michigan fan, you give up, you give them two pick sixes. There's fourteen points there. You get within the two-yard line twice and come away with zero points. There's potentially another 14. So you're giving away 28 points. You're not going to win a game like that. <laughs> no, so I actually I turned I turned the Michigan game off four different times. Four yeah. different times I turned it off. I'm like, this game's over. And then I get sucked back in. A, a, a friend will text me saying, oh, man, what a play. Oh, you guys are still in this or something. And I'm like, oh, man, I got to go back to it. Now we're – we're only down, you know, eight instead of 16 or whatever. So watch it again, and then they score again. Michigan got worked on the line of scrimmage, I thought. Their mm -hmm. offensive line didn't do very well. 
um, best offensive line in the league two years in a row, and they couldn't get much going in the rushing game. And uh, their defensive line just, you know, they were getting gashed. I don't know if they're sucking wind, just not in shape or whatever. But, uh, yeah, you get worked on the line of scrimmage like that, you're going to have to play a hell of a game with your quarterback and wide receivers and, you know, get a lot of turnovers in order to make up for that. So it wasn't a huge shocker to me. And, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what happens between TCU and Georgia, but um, I would think it would be a closer game. But Stetson Bennett, he, he has that uh, that championship moxie. So uh, it's hard to, to believe that somebody will be able to hold him back. And for, for the life of me, I can't understand why more people aren't higher on him just saying he's like you know maybe a game manager or whatever he made plays you know they're down what 14 points in the fourth quarter oh yeah and he just kept making plays and uh you know he wasn't going to be denied and had ohio state won and made that kick it wasn't going to be his fault that georgia lost got that one blown coverage bry the kid slipped and that georgia wide receiver is wide the hell open and i'm like oh not now i'm like you've been playing zone screwing with his head all day, and this is the one time that you went over top man-to-man. And so goes football. (laughs) So goes football. So our colleges are done, but, uh, Brian, if you had to pick a a champ out of this, what are you going to take, Georgia or TCU? I mean, Georgia's favored by, I think, 13 points or something, so I'd be crazy to to pick TCU, but – TCU, I give TCU more of a chance than maybe most people do. Um, you know, they love being the underdog. They play the underdog role very well. I don't know if they'll get two pick sixes this game, but um, I give them a fighter's chance. You know, maybe maybe Georgia's uh, getting cocky and thinking that uh, well, we beat Ohio State and now we got TCU, so we should roll them. And who knows? Who knows what could happen. Yeah, I, I think if TCU has anything, my dad said TCU. That a boy, dad. Okay, all right. We'll remember that. Mark it down. All right, so TCU, you know something, Brian? I'm going to go with TCU, too. Just because nice. just because of the underdog aspect of it. And you know something, Brian? The quarterback they got, too, that kid's a gamer, too. He's not somebody to you know play with. He is just... There's something about that kid that just doesn't want to lose. And even though, like, you just watch it on the uh, Big 12 championship, he did everything he could to get that touchdown right at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. And fell a yard short, just a yard short. But that kid's going to give you everything he's got. And those are the kind of players that you need to win a national championship. And you know something? It would be nice, other than the SEC, to have somebody else win the national championship, right? And, you know, something, why not TCU? It would be great for college football. I think, wasn't TCU uh, unranked to start the year? Well, this is the great thing about the transfer portal, because uh, last year, I think they went like, what was it? Um, Four and eight or four and seven, something of that nature. You got 13 transfers that came over with the new head coach. Uh And look at that now. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna be rooting for TCU. I, you know, I, I'm sick and tired of Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama, Oklahoma. I get sick and tired of the same old schools winning it every year. So, well, that's why yeah, we got- give me a little TCU. 
That's why we get the big expansion, Bri. Can't wait for that expansion. Well, and, and the two things that are going to change college football are NIL, obviously, where you can just buy players, and the transfer portal where kids don't have to sit out a year. Hey, nope. you're unhappy at this this school? Go play for that school. You can suit up for them in three months. So, oh, yeah, that, uh, yeah, it's good. That's All good right, Brian. Football. Let's get into. We haven't done it in probably was it three weeks now. It feels like. <coughs> I don't know. Feels like we didn't do it last week. I know. So at least two. And now it's time for Fat Boy Tuesday. And Fat Boy Tuesday is not brought to you by anybody yet, but I'm still in the works on that, Bri. Bri, I want to get how your Christmas spread and your New Year's spread was. Let's talk some Christmas food, Christmas time, and New Year's time, bud. Uh, For me, personally, uh, we did Christmas here at our house. I bought a spiral ham. We had mac and cheese. And the boys wanted peas. So we did just uh, Velveeta shells and cheese, peas and ham. And we ate ham for probably about five days. And then New Year's with my sister, we did Vic's Pizza. We also did a Taco Bell run. Mm -hmm. Made two trays of lasagna. We had garlic bread. We had Chex Mix. By the way, the Chex Mix is out at the Country Club. Okay. Just nice. one bag again. Uh, Charlie and I have been picking at one bag at home. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, New Year's was a little different because um, we were down at my sister's. But we had a whole bunch of sorts of stuff. We had lasagna and salad with garlic bread. We had pizza. We had Taco Bell. We were joking around about five guys for about two seconds, realizing how expensive that would have been with all the kids. <laughs> um, I mean, the matter of ice cream, popcorn. Did you know, Bri, that they have popcorn flavoring shakers? Hmm. You have to be more specific, like the, the like stuff that you just shake. Oh, yeah. Like a salt shaker, but they got like garlic parm. Yeah. They got nacho cheese. They got all these. Yep. I didn't know they had those. We got those. Why, where have you been? I remember that in like the eighties. The, the no, I just cheese I thought, stuff on the popcorn. I thought it. Was, oh yeah, my sister had to make two trips to Taco Bell. Oh my god. <laughs> well, all right. So we had we had my dad, my aunt, me, Chris, my sister, and the four kids. Right. We all did the online ordering. We get back. We start handing out kids. So we ordered the party pack of soft tacos for the kids. Well, we got them. They're all heart tacos. Okay. And then next thing you know, I'm missing pretty much my entire order. There's (laughs) other tacos missing and everything else. And I'm just sitting there going, they messed up our order. Like three people didn't even have their order. So my sister went back to Taco Bell to show them the receipt and everything and said, hey, we didn't get this. Like you guys missed like some stuff. They gave her so much grief over it that they gave her extra stuff. <laughs> but I, I, better, mean, I better never hear you talk bad about your sister ever again. She I made it because you didn't have your order. She made a trip back to Taco Bell no, to get your was, order. That was not for me. 
That uh, you just said they didn't have your order, so she had no, to go back for it. She went back for Chris's Fiesta potatoes that he wanted because and your entire order. No, I didn't, dude. I already had two tacos there. I was good. I'm just. <laughs> I told her. I'm like, well, we, pay, we we paid our money and everything else. I'm like, they're missing like eight tacos, like like tacos and burritos. Oh yeah, her entire order wasn't even there. Oh, okay. Well, then that's different. Yeah, if she, yeah. she uh, was missing her stuff, I understand why she went back then. But I t- have to tell you, Bri, I had Vic's Pizza in Colo- It's in Reynoldsburg, right, Chris? Chris, back me up on that. And um, Vic's Pizza, Bri, I'm telling you what, we got two 21-inch pizzas, okay? And they don't do the slices, the, the actual slice. They do the square cut. Okay. So we got I don't a, like that. We got a all the way pizza, which is just a super supreme. We got half cheese and then half pepperoni and sausage. Bry, probably one of the best pizzas I've had in a while because everything was fresh. Like you could tell, like the vegetables were fresh. They weren't, you know, frozen vegetables or anything else they put on them. Like it was phenomenal pizza. It really was. And if you ever get the chance, please go check out Vic's Pizza down in Reynoldsburg, I think it is. But, man, was that some good pizza. Mm-hmm. All right, so, Brian, how was your Christmas and New Year's? It was good. I I don't know if I have any great stories like you do, but um, it was delicious stuff. We went to my aunt and uncle's on New Year's Eve. Um, they had a bunch of finger foods, which is my favorite. Um, you know, we had the sourdough bread bowl and the uh, meatballs, cocktail weenies. Um, you know, she made some cookies and just a ton of easy stuff. I mean, that's where I do most of my damage. That's where I'm putting on like five pounds a night, just grazing, going back to the island, getting another plate, going back just little by little here and there. And before you know, you've had three plates and it's just, it's a bad night. So that was... Uh, Christmas Eve, Christmas morning, we went over to my mom's and she made breakfast burritos, which were out of this world. Uh, really good bacon, potatoes, um, and yeah, it was just simple, but uh, but really good and gave me a lot of uh, gas that day. So I apologize to my wife for that one. <laughs> <laughs> she wouldn't let me have the leftovers. <laughs> so, so yeah, bacon, no bacon, potatoes, cheese, sausage. Bacon. No, no, uh, no sausage. I think there was cheese. Yeah, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, Do a little hot I, sauce. It, back. it was, yeah, yeah. I put some hot sauce on the, the. Um, yeah, I can't remember what else. It, it was. I'm telling you, it wasn't anything special, but uh, but everything was just maybe a little bit. I mean, the bacon was just fantastic, and uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that. And you know, that filled me up until we went to. My wife's side of the family later in the day, and you know they just did giant spread of everybody bring a little bit of side dish, and uh, you know we've kind of I've told you in the past we've done uh, non traditional like spaghetti, which mm-hmm. she's always done. Uh, her grandma used to make a big pot of spaghetti. This year they did um, my favorite. I preferred over ham over turkey. It was sloppy joes and hot dogs. <laughs> oh, of course. So you can make a Coney dog if you wanted to. Um, you know, I tried not to overdo it there because I was still kind of full from breakfast, but 
simple stuff. You know me. I'm a oh, simple my. man. Um, I'm good with that. You know, I'd take that over a steak probably. So call me crazy if you will. And then, uh, yeah, New Year's, uh, New Year's Eve, we went over to my friends, like I said earlier, and did some brisket, did a bunch of side dishes. New Year's Day, we, you know, national hangover day up late, New Year's Eve. So just kind of hung out, watched some football and, uh, you know, ate some leftovers. So it was all good. Well, that's awesome. I do got to give you the quote of the day with my one child, which floored all of us at the house. So Chris's house is a uh, split level in Columbus, right? Mm-hmm. But his garage is set up to where the, he's got a couch out there, TV. He's probably watching our show on the uh, TV out there in his garage right now. But he's got the mini fridge, all that stuff. Couch, nice. great time. So he got a VR set. Uh, one of those little, and the kids were playing with it. Kids were having a blast, but we had mm-hmm. one, so we had to kind of like take turns. So Alexander, my son, was upstairs. Found out that his son Gavin was playing on the VR set. He goes, "Well, Gavin's playing on the VR set right now." Well, but we didn't see it and take it, so you're going to wait your turn. Well, I don't like this. And as he's walking to the garage, he goes, "I'm going to go out in the garage and think." about my life choices and then oh, slam the door behind him i have never laughed so hard bright i fell off the couch my <laughs> sister looked at me and, <laughs> or rethink rethink my life choices my <laughs> sister looked at me she's losing it i looked at chris and chris goes did he say what i think he said i was like yeah chris started losing it one of the best one-liners I've heard come out of my kids in a while. And uh, it was after, <laughs> think a nine-year-old saying that he's going out to the garage to rethink his life choices. What a great time, Bri. What did he come up with? Did he, did he change any uh, major life events then after that? No, no. But Chris said he, uh, <laughs> he thought no, about it. He thought about it. Chris said he loves me some sloppy Joe Coney's too. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you. Simple. <laughs> Fantastic. Said, Jocelyn, my sister's on. She said he's nine. What does he have to rethink? <laughs> Should have went chocolate milk this morning. Should have. was I thinking? Should have went chocolate milk and strawberries, and then I would have got that VR set. Let me tell you. <laughs> what was I thinking? What was I thinking? All right, Brian, let's get into our top three, and then we'll do our trivia and get out of here. All right. Go for it. All right. Our top three magical moments, Brian. Now, we've had the spider throwing up 71 points, and I figured it's a great time. It's New Year's. You know, we got a new year coming up. Let's reminisce a little bit about the past years. What are your top three Cleveland magical moments? Okay, here we go. I'll make it quick. Um, and there's so many. Um, you know, I when you're younger, you don't really appreciate the moments like you do when you're older. So a lot of mine are the last 15 or 20 years, and I'm sure I'm missing some and kind of took out uh, game seven Cavs warriors just because the whole thing was magical. And I could probably come up with my top three just from that game. So my number three is, um, is Booby Gibson. Uh, in the performance that he had, and I think it was game six, 
um, in 2007, getting us getting the Cavs franchise to their first NBA Finals. We've been knocking on the door against uh, the Pistons for a couple years and just couldn't get over that hump. But just the performance that he put in, and you know, you know, LeBron's going to show up. Um, but for him to step up the way he did and help us get to our first Finals was pretty awesome, and I'll never forget that. My number. Two is LeBron. Um, probably, I don't know if it was that same year, or maybe I think it was the year before um, when he scored 29 of like 30 um, in the second half and just something that I'll never forget. I don't know if we'll ever see that again, just that dominant performance where so one-sided, all one guy, everyone knows what he's going to do and he just can't stop him. So that's my number two. And then my number one, I had to get a Browns one in there. And I think uh, the play just kicking off everything that, that happened for this game with the uh, with the snap over, over Roethlisberger's head and, and Miles Garrett going down there and recovering it in the end zone. And then, you know, just the party that ensued after that because, you know, I, a lot of times for these magical moments, you know, it's kind of, I think of us being the underdog, you know, it's not very magical if everyone expects you to win, expects you to do that. So nobody gave us a chance and that kind of was the first play of the game. And that just kind of, you know, let us exhale a little bit and let us enjoy it. And we have a lead now and we're playing from in front. So, you know, we start feeling ourselves a little bit. So that led to a magical, magical game. So that was my number one. Brian, my number three is uh, Rajay Davis hitting that home run, game seven. That was probably one of the most <laughs> magical moments to me uh, by far. Just because, I, you know, we watch baseball, especially for the Guardians now. You know, I'm still trying to get the Guardians out of me. It's, it's hard because I want to say the other one so bad. But. That game, I mean, we were not supposed to be there. We weren't even supposed to be sniffing anything in that postseason. And then that team just took off, and they caught fire. And when we all thought that it was done and over with, the home run that Rajay hit, and just to see that crowd just go absolutely insane. I'm pretty sure half of Cleveland went insane that night. Mm-hmm. Just that alone. Now, there is one moment for my number two that a lot of people won't remember like I do, and it was during the Cavs run with LeBron. Toronto was supposed to be this huge, magical team that was just, oh, they got first place, you know, in the East. They should take out the Cavs and blah, blah, blah. Bry, do you remember the impossible runner that LeBron hit to win the game? Absolutely. Yep. That is one of my magical moments right there because you look at that shot the entire way as he came down the court and look at that shot and made it. There was no, no doubt in his mind that he was making that shot. And then when it went in, I I'm looking at it going like, this is some like NBA 2k 22 shit. Like what, what is this? And it was just <laughs> threw it up off the backboard right in. And I just I sat there and just held my head like nobody's beating them. Who's going to beat them? Look at that. And plus, we had Toronto's number for a very long time. I think, uh, I, I think we swept them that series, and I can't remember if that was the shot that like 
won game four for us to sweep them, but uh, it wasn't the one that yeah. won game four, it was the one that won game three, I believe. Okay, yeah, and then it was like dominating. We took the breath right out of there, we just took the whole just everything, chopped their legs right out from underneath of them. Yeah, it was like, no doubt, yeah, of course, he's gonna go down and hit this. <laughs> and then, Brian, my number one, um, and I will always remember this. Uh, because it got me to be a Browns fan, so I kind of did one of every of them. Uh, the Hail Mary from Tim Couch in the Saints end zone uh, with Gerard Cherry. I'm sorry, Gerard, if we ever get you on the show. I apologize now. But that Hail Mary right there solidified me becoming a Browns fan. And after that, Bri, I just, I'm a glutton for punishment, and I'm all right with it. But that pass right there, just to see the joy on that team's face, especially after everything that team's been through, and see Tim Couch running all the way down the field to celebrate and everything else because it was like they won the Super Bowl. That that whole win was them winning the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And just seeing the joy on those guys' face, I, I can't not forget that magic moment. So, Brian, we are here at the end of the show. Let's get our trivia. Yeah, uh, we might have to go quickly because um, I'm running out of battery. So I right, want to well, set it up. So the trivia is? Uh, the the golfer who spent the most weeks at number one since 1985, not named Tiger Woods. I got two names. I'm going to go with Dustin Johnson. Not Dustin Johnson. Jordan not Jordan Speed. Really? Roy? Yeah. He was, no, he was from, I think of uh, when we were kids. Not kids, but 90s-ish. VJ? No, good guess. Um, Greg Norman. Oh, really? Yeah, which kind of surprised me. Yeah. That's why I figured it would make a good... Uh, a good trivia because yeah, that was, I mean, and he was number two significantly. Um, I think like number three only had 150 or 170 weeks and he had 330. So I think all these guys the last 20 years kind of shuffle in between, you know, Rory's up there for a couple of weeks and then DJ's up there for a couple of weeks and then speeds. And then, so I think they kind of shuffle around whereas, you know, Tiger had a lockdown for a couple of years. All right, so quickly, my dad said, number one, Browns drafted Joe Thomas for him. Yeah. Uh, Phillips have chimed in. He said, when Tim Couch completed the pass in the name of the 99-yard touchdown, two Indians won 22 games straight. Oh, and yeah, sure. Number one, when Bobby Boucher came back at halftime to win the Bourbon Bowl. You can do it. Okay. All right, Bry, let's get our dog real quick. Let me bring him up over here his name was oh good god brian now i gotta pull it back up maxwell max maximus i think it was maximus let me let me i didn't i didn't maxwell 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 here's maxwell from city dogs of cleveland please if you guys want to go adopt him get a hold of us we got all the uh information to get a hold of city dogs of cleveland looks like a great pup to have and on that note, Bri, we have got to get out of here because you're getting ready to lose your phone. I made it all the way to the end. 
That a boy. So, Bry, God bless him. And he's not God blessing anybody. All right. So, Bry, God blesses you. All right. I am that fat guy. <laughs> Good Lord. I love that kid. I'm that fat guy. Thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, we support our troops and first responders, everything they do. Uh, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be able to do this show. So thank you guys for everything. Thank you for Chris Phillips, Jocelyn, Dad, um, everybody in the comments. I uh, appreciate you guys coming in and helping us share this show and getting us where uh, Brian and I want to be and have fun. By the way, over my left shoulder is my Christmas present for my wife, which is the chart of sandwiches. And it has all the sandwiches on there, which we will, I'll bring it out here a little bit later. But thank you all for watching. Please go adopt that dog named Maxwell from City Dogs of Cleveland. And we are definitely uncorked, unloaded, and we're out. Thank you guys so much for watching.